wellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. You're listening to A Quirky Journey, the healthy family podcast with your hosts, Joe Witten and Fuad Kassab. Hey everyone, welcome to A Quirky Journey. It's Joe here. So happy to have you with us on the show today. Um, it's Friday. I'm looking forward to a sunny weekend. That's me being hopeful. <laughs> We've had so much rain here and I see a little bit of sunshine poking out from behind the clouds today. So I've got my hopes up that it's going to be sunny this weekend. Um, so I really wish we could send some rain down to those of you down south that need it. Thinking of you guys, it's a bit, bit of a crazy um, weather at the moment with so dry down south and so wet up north, isn't it? So yeah, we're just working away here trying to um, keep the house dry and <laughs> trying to um, keep up with all the things that are happening. Um, I wanted to let you all know about what's coming up for Quirky Cooking. So we've got a seminar in Brisbane on the 15th of June, which Danny and I will be both cooking at as well as Fleur Sharp. So Danny and I will tell you about that in the podcast. Um, also, I'll be off to Darwin um, after that, 22nd, I think I leave for Darwin um, to cook at the Hope for Health retreat. So I'll be up there for eight days, um, spending time with them and um, working with um, cooking for Indigenous health. Um, and We've got some other things coming up soon that I'll let you know about, but stay tuned. If you want to keep up with classes and seminars, just make sure that you subscribe to our newsletter and you'll find all the details there. We do obviously share on Facebook and Instagram, but sometimes those are easy to miss. So it's great to be subscribed to the newsletter. So today we have my good friend, Danny Valent, um, on the show. I'm really excited to chat to her about cooking with kids and how to get your kids in the kitchen, um, learning about real food. Um, this is something that is really important to me. Um, I was raised by a mum who was always in the kitchen cooking and taught me to cook from a young age. My big sister taught me a lot as well. And it's, it's funny um, how things work out. She moved away from where we live in our country area and has just recently, well, another about a year ago, I guess, she moved back. And now she comes and cooks with me at home and um, works with me here. And I learned so much from her. She's such a great cook. Um, so I did share one of her recipes on the blog recently, which was the super extra puffy Brazilian cheese puffs. They've been so popular. And, um, you know, I'm just from a family that loves to cook. But that's something that you have to teach your kids. It's not something that just will happen unless you're cooking and getting them in the kitchen. So Danny and I have lots of tips for you in today's podcast to teach your kids cooking and get them excited about real food. Um, so listen in to that. So for those of you who don't know Danny, she's such an amazing person. I think I've known Danny for nearly 10 years now. Um, we met via Twitter. Um, there was a bunch of us on Twitter that used to chat about food and um, thermomix cooking and all of that kind of thing. Yeah, I'm sure it would have been nine or ten years ago when we first all started chatting on Twitter and Fuad was another one that was chatting with us. Um, and so we all became friends and um, Danny and I have never cooked 
at a workshop or a class together. So this is going to be so much fun. And our friend Fleur Sharp is also going to be cooking with us. Um, so the three of us all bring something a little different to the table and I think you're going to have a lot of fun if you get to come along. So we'll talk about that in the podcast as well. So Danny is a food writer. She started her career um, as a writer for Lonely Planet. Um, so she'd go anywhere in the world writing about food all over the world. What a job, hey? I wish I had that job. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, she started off writing as a journalist for Lonely Planet and then she began um, writing about the food side of things all over the world and telling the stories of cult different cultures through food. Um, and then she continued to write for um, newspapers and magazines and publications, um, reviewing restaurants. Um, she does a lot of interviews with chefs. Um, she does a lot of um, – she does cooking classes and – all sorts of things with chefs as well. Um, and her passion is really connecting home cooks and eaters with great dishes and cuisines from all over the world. So if it's tasty, she wants to know about it and she wants to share that with her readers and listeners. Um, she's also from a family that cooks, so that's why she's got some great tips for us today. Um, and I really love chatting to Danny about food because she's so passionate. It really comes out in her voice and you're going to love her. If you haven't met her before, you're going to love her. Just look her up online, dannyvalent.com. She does have an online program, which we forgot to mention in the podcast, so I'll mention it for her here. Um, and basically, it's just a fun thing where you can you can see new videos all the time that she records with chefs and foodies all over Australia and all over the world, um, showing you how to cook different dishes in your Thermomix. So if you're a Thermomix owner, you need to get onto her site and have a look at that because you will learn so much. All right. So um, without further ado, I will begin the podcast with Danny and I hope you guys enjoy it. And I look forward to seeing some of you in Brisbane. Welcome, Danny. It's so good to have you on the show again. It is so good to be here. Always great to catch up. It's been a while. I think the last time we chatted was, oh, when I was in Melbourne, Gulad and I were in Melbourne and I think we chatted together in person, didn't we, on yeah, the show? Yeah, that was we fun. Met, a, we met in a funny uh, half-built food court. <laughs> I knew it was <laughs> going to be quiet. <laughs> we had the honking cars down below and that was about it. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, today I'm in far north Queensland and you're in Melbourne and um, yes. we're getting, but we're getting ready to meet in Brisbane. Yay! I know. That's so exciting. Yes. Halfway. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be such a great event. So as people may have heard, we're, we're teaming up with our good friend Fleur for a unprecedented one-off three-way cooking class. And, yeah, I'm so excited because yeah, it's going to be so much fun. It'll be so much fun. As much as we, you know, you mean Fleur, we really connect on yeah. so many food levels. I think we also bring different things to yes. the table. So it'll be it'll be great to share all that sort of stuff. And I think that's a bit of a breath of fresh air for people because, um, well, it is even for me because I love going to the health and wellness type things and talking about food for healing. But you know what? Food is just... For our family, it's just, I mean, for everyone, it's just something you do because you love each other and you want to make delicious food to share and it doesn't 
necessarily have to be a diet or a thing. It's just enjoying good food together. And I think yeah. that's definitely something that all of us are passionate about is, um, you know, um, making it a, it's something our families do. Yeah, we I think that's, well. that's really We true. cook together. Yeah. I, I think often people can feel a little bit boxed in by um, whether they've got, you know, you know, health needs around food or preferences or yep. particular needs of their children um, or other people in their families. It sometimes can be, yeah, you can feel like you're just sort of in a certain box or a category. And I think one of the things that, that we love to do is to broaden that out. Yes. And, to, to, I guess, yeah, just really uh, express the joy that's there in yeah. food. No matter, you know, um, yeah, no matter what you're eating or what you're what you're trying out to, to, you know, to help help your body through through a tough patch or whatever it is, that there's still so much joy and expression and connection to be found yeah. um, and, around and, the table. and so much variations in the things that you can do. And I think what I'm excited about with this seminar that we're doing is also showing that it doesn't have to be overwhelming and stressful, but it can be simple and beautiful and delicious. Like some of my favorite dishes are very simple with not a lot of ingredients. Do you agree? Absolutely. You know, I think the more I cook and, you know, we're all busy, we're all just trying to get food on the table <laughs> and amongst a million other things. I, I often feel like I just need one beautiful thing, one beautiful bit of produce to highlight yeah. or one great condiment that really lifts uh, a simple meal. Yeah. And that's a, that's a lot of, um, you know, what the thread of what I'll be talking about in this seminar is just those really exciting building blocks of flavor mm. that you've got on you know got at hand got at your disposal you're almost like your secret weapons that you've got yeah. to you know turn a meal from you know adequate to amazing so yeah. I'm all about that stuff and and making it simple achievable and yeah not stressful so yeah you're looking forward to getting a meal on the table rather than doing it in this sort of harried world yeah do you, do you want to give them a little bit of an idea of what you'll be talking about Sure. What you'll be demonstrating? Yeah, so I've got this, one of my favourite secret weapons is this um, <laughs> spice mix called Vaduvan. So oh, uh, Sounds good, just the name. <laughs> you know what, Joe? I love food that is fun to say as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm all about things that sound fun. So if you're at the class, not only will you be hearing me talk about Vaduvan, but I'm going to make you <laughs> say Vaduvan. <laughs> We'll all be chanting it by the end of the seminar. That's it. So it's a French spin on an Indian curry powder. And what I'll be doing is showing that there are all kinds of different ways that we can use it where it ends up um, transforming meals. It certainly doesn't mean that things all taste the same. It's like the way that ingredients play off against each other is something I'm really excited about exploring and sharing. So it's about... You know, you can use Vodivan in, in a baked good. You could use it in a soup. You can use it in a curry. You know, mm. other secret ways that I'll show you. Uh, and you'll come up with really simple but very exciting meals that, mm. you don't you love that feeling, Joe, when you put something in front of um, people and they're like, oh, yes. What is that? Like that you can see their brain ticking, going, "Yeah, yeah, what yeah." Is in that, <laughs> yeah. What makes it taste that? That what's that flavour? So, um, 
I love creating those little L, like moments of yeah. you know surprise and delight. So um, that's what I'll be doing. But um, tell me a little bit about what you'll be doing. Well, first of all, I just want to mention how yours sort of really flows into what Fleur's doing. She couldn't be on the podcast today because she's actually on her honeymoon. So flying <laughs> <laughs> around, I know, yeah, all over the world. Um, but it's amazing how you know when you get those really good flavor combinations with spices and things you can actually really cut down. My spice drawer is a disaster. So I'm looking forward to hearing from you and Fleur to help me to reduce the craziness in my spice drawer um, because it's, you know, you end up buying a, a new spice every five minutes or a new herb or whatever and then do you use them all? They generally go off before you use them. Yes, so they have those old favorites and the favorite mixes that you can rely on um, and sort of cut down on the clutter. So Fleur's talking about um, how to, working towards a capsule pantry where you're, you know, you've heard of a capsule wardrobe where you have yeah. just those basic outfits that you pick. My wardrobe is also a disaster. But anyway, that's a different subject. Um, <laughs> let's not go there. Um, but she's talking about, you know, decluttering your pantry and your you're so, so clever yes yeah. so clever so i'm really looking forward to getting some insights from you guys um, yeah oh, i'm yeah I, likewise <laughs> i know one of the things i love about cooking classes is that you always learn as always. the presenter, and i know that mm. that'll be amplified in this class so yeah so much. um so i'll be talking about reducing the stress in the kitchen as well but in another well in two ways um one way by simplifying your food because that's one thing that we learned when we went through major health issues that we had to really pull back on our foods for a little while and it actually taught me how to make amazing flavors with simple ingredients and and you realize how little you need like you said if you've got a beautiful ingredient a beautiful piece of produce um if you have really good quality you don't need to do a lot to it and you can make yeah. beautiful delicious meals with very simple foods so that's one way that that I learned to reduce the stress in the kitchen, simplify my cooking, but also um, thinking about the ingredients in your food, um, ways to boost your mood and um, decrease the stress just by the ingredients. So there's certain foods which are all beautiful whole foods that we hopefully use every day that boost serotonin, that help to regulate moods. Um, so I'm actually going to use those ingredients in my dishes um, and also give you some ideas of foods that you should probably avoid if you're struggling with stress and anxiety because they will boost inflammation, which makes this stress and anxiety worse. Oh, it's gonna, it's so, so useful. And I, yeah. what I always do love about your approach is that you've got all these you know, the jobs that the food does in your body, but mm. then, but your dishes are always delicious. Oh, good. So, <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it's, um, it's just that, yeah, just really clever ways with whole foods. I love it. Cannot oh, wait. Thank you. So, yeah, I did, um, I've practised a few things to, um, to, to demonstrate, but I'm still trying to narrow it down because I think we only have, you know, we have a certain amount of time each, so I can't do six dishes as I usually <laughs> So I was like, oh my goodness, I've got to narrow this down to three. I've got to simplify. <laughs> yes, good practice. Yeah. Um, I know, but but I think what people can definitely expect is that it's going to be crammed full of inspiration and we're yeah. going to pack in as much as we possibly can. And I uh, think all, I think we're all doing three recipes. Is that right? 
Oh, really? I didn't know. I had to keep it to three. I'm, I'm going to try to yeah, do as many more. as you can. Yeah, sneak <laughs> in as many as you can. I think I always end up giving people so many variations of the one recipe anyway that it's like, you know, a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's going to be, it's a lot of value, that's for sure. A lot of value. Um, another couple of little exciting tidbits about this seminar is that we've got some amazing giveaways and sponsors. Um, and I just want to mention one of the main ones, which my listeners all know and love, which is Solid Techniques. Um, so they are donating big prizes. Oh, that's so this Oh, so I cool. love, I'm such a fan of solid <laughs> techniques. I it's have so a good. wok and a small pan. I just use oh. them all the time. Oh, it's the most so beautiful good. cookware. Um, Emma, our assistant, loves the wok the most. That's her favourite. We must get that one in the shop. Um, I use the biggest skillet all the time, like pretty much every day. Um, but, yeah, I really love their products and we're, their cookware. Um, so we're really excited to have them um, sponsoring the seminar and providing beautiful giveaways and there's going to be a lot of other sponsors um, especially for the goodie bags so we better not give away all the secrets but <laughs> basically <laughs> people are going to be walking out with gear as well as inspiration that's right yes so come and bring a friend and come and have a fun day so it's in the middle of the day which also is kind of nice because it won't be a late night it's on a Saturday yeah. Yeah, there'll be time to get to the shops and go and cook. I know. It's so funny. How many times have you had people tell you that after their cooking, after your cooking class, they went to the late night grocery store and bought ingredients? I've had people yeah. tell me that. I just love that. I love, I love that um, people walking out of a class, like they've just written their shopping list. Yeah. And, oh, it's the best. It's so good. And then next day they're already onto it. I love it. So hope you, hopefully we'll get lots of you guys there ready to cook. Um, so the, the class is held in Brisbane at Fair Share. Did you want to mention Fair Share and what they do, sure. Uh Yes, I would love to. Uh, so Fair Share is one of Australia's biggest food charities and I'm a very proud ambassador for Fair Share. Mm. They've recently opened in Queensland. So their Brisbane kitchen is the Southern Hemisphere's largest charity kitchen. Whoa. Um, it's really incredible. And I can't wait to see they, it. Oh, it's, it's, so it's so great that we're holding a cooking class. It's the first cooking class that's ever been at Fair Share, so it's so Ooh. exciting to be there. So what Fair Share does is they take um, rescued and donated food and um, actually in, in Melbourne where I'm based, they also have a couple of farms, which is incredible. Mm. Um, so they take rescued and donated food and they cook it into meals that are then distributed to agencies and thereby, therefore onto people who are doing it tough. So mm. it's all um, really wholesome meals made from real ingredients that are, uh, you know, cooked with love and then um, frozen and distributed to people that, they, that, that just have access to a really healthy, nourishing meal um, when, awesome. you know, they just don't have, um, they're, they're just going through really hard times. Yeah. Now, the, the other incredible thing about Fair Share is that uh, this is done by a volunteer army of people. Wow. So, it's volunteers that are working in the gardens. It's volunteers that are collecting the food. It's volunteers that are cooking the food under the supervision of, of chefs that are on staff. So it's, it's an incredible. How amazing is that? 
uh, it's it does good at every level. It's um it's a really really beautiful organisation to have a connection to, and it'll be yeah anyone that comes along to the class will have an insight into that um, just by being in the facility. Oh, so yeah, I wish we lived a bit closer. I wish we had one up here. <laughs> Who knows? Like I know that the Brisbane kitchen is you know they've got big ambitions. They're already supplying into northern New South Wales, so wow. who knows how far they'll travel. Yeah, that's really awesome. It'll be good to have, um, and we'll be donating a bit of the profits also back to Fair Share, so that'll be great. Yeah, yeah super happy to do that. It's just, yeah, yeah I love supporting them. That's awesome. Well, today we wanted to talk about, oh, sorry, I'll just mention if you want to know more about the seminar and you would, um, the workshop or class or whatever you want to call it, I always get the words mixed up, um, you can go to Danny's website. Can you just give us the, the details, Danny? Probably the easiest, easiest way to do it is just to go to um, dannyvalent.com slash shop. And then you'll see um, the seminar there. And there's also a dinner I'm doing in Brisbane a couple of days oh, yes. prior. So you can have a look at that as well. well quickly mention that too. Oh, so, um, so the class is on the Saturday. Um, so dannyvalent.com slash shop and you'll see these two events at the top. So the class is on the Saturday, the Thursday prior, so two days before. I'm hosting one of my restaurant club dinners at a beautiful restaurant in Brisbane called Echo. And the theme there is great ways to cook restaurant quality food in, in your thermomix, but also we're focusing on Australian Indigenous ingredients through that. So it's beautiful sort of modern bistro food there by Chef Philip Johnson and he's threading through Indigenous ingredients. Um, yeah, it's just going to be a really, really special dinner. So a sort of fine dining setting, lots of inspiration, uh, lots of, you know, practical um opportunities I suppose to learn and uh and learn and taste mm-hmm. I'm also bringing up um not in my suitcase but I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm organizing amazing Victorian wines to match with each course so bringing a little bit of Victoria up to Queensland with the wines and yeah it's going to be beautiful so I really I really of, wish I could be there for the dinner that sounds amazing it is going to be great uh yeah. so yeah a few exciting days in Brisbane for me um mm. so yeah Woo-hoo. Okay, so um, moving on to the main topic that we want to talk about, um, Danny and I were discussing um, how it seems like it's more difficult for young people to learn to cook these days in a lot of families because their parents sort of haven't been raised, maybe they weren't raised cooking from scratch, maybe they are too busy to teach the kids to cook, but there's a lot of kids I've seen growing up um, not really learning to cook with with real food. You know, they maybe can chuck together a packet mix and make a pizza from the back from a bought base or something like that. Um, but I noticed on Instagram the other day, Tom Akins, the chef, in, he's in the UK, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember I noticed him talking about over there. Eighty nine percent of kids don't don't um, get offered hospitality at school. They're not getting taught the basics of cooking at school or at home. And I know when I was in the UK, everything was packets. Like you go to the grocery store. Did you notice that, Danny? Yeah, there's a lot of, I suppose, those convenience foods. Yeah, a lot of convenience foods. And I guess we're going towards that in Australia too. Um, And it's just like I understand that we need convenience now and then, but it's so important to teach your kids to cook. So do you want to talk about that with us a bit, Danny? Yeah, I, I, I agree with everything you're saying and I, I, it only takes one generation to lose those skills. You know, mm. if you don't see that done, that, you know, if you don't see cooking done in front of you, it's like you simply don't learn it. I think, yeah. uh, I think a lot of the 
you know, the flip side of that is that we do see a lot of cooking perhaps on TV, you know, that whole mm. um, so-called MasterChef effect. But I think because um, that's sort of at a, at a different level, not at a yes. daily level, I think that can also be a bit intimidating for people who haven't got those basic skills where they and think... It becomes a spectator sport. <laughs> yeah, and it becomes something where, you know, you're creating a crockenbush or something mm. that's like an amazing special occasion food that you might do, you know, once or twice yeah. in your life. But yeah. it doesn't really relate to getting dinner on the table or sort of, you know, nourishing yourself body and soul mm. uh, so and look I do notice that you know we might have um you know I don't know the kids friends or whatever who come over and you know I think we're eating something pretty normal and plain but there's ingredients in there that they just don't haven't encountered yeah. um and you know I'm not talking about um you know I don't know I'm not talking about anything like esoteric I'm talking about things like bok choy <laughs> yeah bok choy um and I suppose you know one thing that is good is that I'd say almost all the kids will always try new things Um, and so that's sort of heartening but you do think oh you know what's happening in their homes you know what are they Mm. what are they seeing Um, you know and I understand you know I'm busy or I do have the luxury I suppose of working from home so even when I'm having a very busy day I can you know get something get something cooking or I can dash dash to the shops or I can you know I don't have a big garden but I do have a few things in the garden Mm. um going and I think that's a really lovely way that kids can connect with produce and the fact that things don't just come out of plastic packets or they don't you know they don't um spring from the sky like (laughs) pre-chopped and shredded and put in a box you know they they come from somewhere uh but yeah it's uh it is something that is very concerning. Uh, there's this program. It's, I know it's national. It's Stephanie Alexander's Kitchen Garden Program, and it, it oh, is yeah. national. But I think it's perhaps strongest in Victoria, where Stephanie is based and where the program started. Um, but that's a program that brings kitchen gardens and cooking into schools, into primary schools. Awesome. And that's had an amazing effect where okay. it is. It's often the first time these kids have held a knife. It's the first time that they've washed greens. It's the first time that they've, you know, cooked something in a pan. Mm. And it's had, you know, remarkable transformative effect. Oh, that's so good. Um, they've started the school gardens up here as well. And um, in my little country town, it's really good to see. Um, I, I think it would be good if we talked to the mums here and the parents and just gave them some ideas of how we got our kids in the kitchen while they were young because I know there's a lot of people listening that go I just don't even know where to begin and I'm tired at the end of the day and I just want them to get out of my way so I can quickly get dinner on the table and so I shoo them out of the kitchen and I totally understand that because I have days you know when the kids were little I I did have days like that but I tried to have days also where I said come and help me Um, so maybe if we can both give a few tips Danny yeah yeah, sure. I, I think one thing that I think is really uh, important and, and useful is just to have fresh produce around. Mm. So, you know, it might be just as simple as a bowl of fruit or, it, you know, or getting kids to pull the tops off strawberries or, yeah. you know, to wash fruit. If you're um, cooking something, and absolutely I get that, you don't need people, um, you know, crawling around under your feet while you've got hot things um, happening on the on the kitchen bench. But what about if they were sitting at the table, um, you know, picking parsley? So just simply mm. picking the leaves off parsley or mint or something that they could then use to garnish their food or, you know, you, you throw it into the dish. Um, so I think it's just trying to think of those 
simple simple activities that don't require much supervision and yeah. you know do actually help because I think kids love be, love feeling like they're part of something and they're yes. I started my kids really young washing the lettuce and then I had one of those salad spinners and they <laughs> thought that was the best fun. I'd stick a tea towel on the floor <laughs> with yeah, the salad spinner and they would just spin and spin and that and then they would um, then I'd put a big salad bowl next to them on because this is like when they were toddlers. I started really young, um, and I'd put a bowl next to them on the floor, and then they'd shred like, um, sorry, tear the lettuce into bits and put it into the bowl for me, and then we'd add all the other things for the salad. So they loved doing that. They loved making fruit salad, and fruit is a lot of fruit is um, quite soft to cut. So you could give yep. them a knife that wasn't too sharp, and they could cut all the fruit up and put it into the bowl. And they thought that was the best fun ever. Yeah, so really simple things like that are a great way to start. Even washing potatoes for you and scrubbing them with a little brush. Yeah, that's a great one. And actually, as you say, salad. I, I remember. Um, <coughs> oh, excuse me. You're right. Um My my daughter, who's now my older daughter, who's now fifteen, is the chief salad dressing maker for the whole extended <laughs> family, and Aww. that's because she was yeah she just had the job of making dressing in a jar so just a little bit of olive oil a little bit of vinegar maybe a squeeze of lemon juice a little spoonful of mustard you know whatever yeah. it is um sprinkle of salt and pepper you know in a jar sh- put the lid on hopefully most of the time put the <laughs> lid on shake it up and um you know just make a really simple emulsified vinaigrette yeah. um, that you can then taste you know adjust to taste uh, pass, you know, maybe pass it to me or to my mum to, um, you know, dip a finger in and taste. And then I guess you have that feeling not only of doing something helpful and creative, but it's also learning to taste. Yes. I think that's so important um, yeah. when you're teaching kids to connect with food. Uh, and I know, Joe, like you're so into eating seasonally as mm-hmm. am I. And I think one way that it can be, you know, a bit tricky and easy to go off track is if you're buying produce that's out of season and simply doesn't taste great. Yeah. You know, it's hard it's coming from like over that. coming from the other side of the world and picked green and Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. So it's hard to, to you know it's hard to help kids fall in love with something that's um not at its best. So yes. Uh, you know, a beautiful juicy, you know, tomato at the end of summer is not mm. the same as a winter a winter tomato that's, yeah. you know, like a rock and bought from the supermarket. Yeah. Um, Having said that, it's not, you know, I understand that um, sometimes people are going to be rushed and they might be buying produce that isn't to their preference. Then I suppose the next question is what do you do with it to coax as much flavour from it as you can? Um, So then, you know, if you've got a tomato that's not the greatest, maybe you're slow roasting it just to bring out that sweetness. So it's just, I suppose, having little tricks. um, And teaching the kids those tricks is awesome. Absolutely, yeah. So one, one thing that we love to do with fruit, and especially like you're saying, when you get, you know, you're getting plums or something at the end of this, well, maybe it's the start of the season, whenever they're still a bit, meh, they're a bit hard and they're not that awesome, or you're getting um, peaches or nectarines that are still a bit hard, and then um, you sort of bring them home and they don't ripen properly, we end up doing the roasted fruit thing. And so we have, we just get a whole jumble of fruit and just, halve them or quarter them and put them all on a pan, drizzle them with a little bit of honey and vanilla and roast them for a good 20 to 30 minutes until they're all getting all caramelised and this, the flavour all comes out. And then, you know, you can use just about anything with that. Serve yeah. that. And the kids know how to do it. It's all And 
And doesn't it just make the most beautiful dessert? That with some really good quality yogurt or cream and if you want to, a sprinkle of nuts and you're done. <laughs> it's, so, it's so good. It goes back to what you are saying right at the start, which is about, you know, having one hero ingredient mm. and just you know, making the most of it and letting it shine. Using um, it for so many different things. Yeah, it doesn't have to be complicated. It's just no. really, yeah, relating to a piece of produce and just thinking, you know, what, what can I do with it to, to, um, to make it taste, taste beautiful without too much fuss. And that's one thing my mum taught me from really young is don't rely on a recipe so much as start with the ingredients. So she would say, well, what have we got? What can we use and what can we make with this? Instead of going, here's a recipe, let's go to the grocery store and buy everything for this recipe, it kind of went the other way. And so we learned to be creative and say, in the garden at the moment, there's peas, there's this, there's that, how can we use them? And yeah. that's a really great way to teach your kids to cook because then they're, they're learning all the different things that you can do with an ingredient and ways to think creatively about it and then working out from there a recipe or finding a recipe. Yeah, it's, it's, it's principles of cooking, isn't it? And, mm. and it's definitely those building blocks that you can then apply to all kinds of different things. Mm. I, I also think cooking like that is a great way to reduce food waste. Yes. Because you are working with what you've got rather than, you know, plucking ideas out of the air and then, you know, um, adding to the store of food you've got in the fridge or the pantry. Yes. I think um, that's, it's, you know, that fridge blindness, I've heard it called, oh. where it's just like <laughs> you just, you can't, uh, you just can't see the meal from the food that's right in front of you. And I think uh, it's, it's it, yeah, things get pushed to the back of the fridge. Um, yeah. They get forgotten about and then in the end you chuck them out and it's just, mm-hmm. yeah, pretty sad. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I always, whenever I accidentally do that, find something in the back of the fridge that we didn't eat, I cringe because I think my mum's going to get me. <laughs> yeah. she, never, she never wastes a thing. Like she's always on top of it all. She uses every ingredient in her fridge. Sometimes her juices are a little odd. You know, she's oh, right. hilarious. <laughs> she's been known to put sweet potato in her juice. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. And there's always the waste anything. Paste. <laughs> yeah. Stock paste hides um, yeah, all manner of ills. Bolognese um, sauce. Yeah. I mean, look, there, there is that, but uh, you know, sometimes you can think, oh, people could come hear something like that and think, oh, your your mum's just a magician, but actually it's a skill that comes with practice. And it's, it's the kind of thing that it's all in the doing and, you know, you might not have it all nailed, but if you've got, you know, a couple of meals a week that you're creating out of the things that you happen to have, you know, that half cabbage and that last Mm. bit of the broccoli and that bit of cheese or, you know, whatever it is that's there. Honest, to be honest, I find those meals so satisfying. Me too. We we go camping every summer and we go for a couple of weeks and we have a big trailer of food that we sort of replenish here and there. But my favourite meal often is the last meal because it's that using up meal where it's just, it's almost like that mystery box idea where you've got, what can we do with tinned pineapple, <laughs> um, raisins, a tiny bit of salami and some old beans? <laughs> okay, tell me, what did you make? <laughs> uh, well, I don't know. There's a lot of, you know, mysterious yeah. salads. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, I think, it, it, yeah, it's, you it, can make something delicious yeah. uh, out of a random assortment of things. And, uh, yeah, it is, it is pretty satisfying. And then I suppose all you need to do is give it a name. And, yeah, that's right. And it's real. It's a real dish. And I have this little surprise. I have this little trick also when um, something doesn't turn out quite like I wanted it to. 
if it's sweet, you cover it in custard or chocolate, either one. And if it's savoury, generally white sauce or gravy will will reclaim it. (laughs) I love it. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Oh, white sauce and cheese, you know, like, oh, yes. this is the best thing you've ever made, mum. Thanks. Yeah. Can we have that again? No. Um, I'm not sure. <laughs> that was five different leftovers put together. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but that's, and that's the beauty of, you know, when kids see you doing all that kind of stuff, they learn that it's okay to be creative. You will make mistakes, but you can generally reclaim them, reclaim them. Um, Absolutely, yeah. but it's okay. It's experimenting is all part of learning to cook. Um, and we used to make some amazing concoctions, my sister and I, on our little metho burner in this in the garage, um, and we always ate them. Great. So, <laughs> sometimes they were a little scary, but that's how we learned to cook. You always ate them, even if it was only hiding the evidence. <laughs> okay, you just oh, and the other thing is dousing them in tomato sauce. If all else fails, that's another good one. Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah. So you need a few of those those coverings for food, and you'll be. And fine. we need a cooking class for all the um, things to, you know, when when a meal goes wrong, what what to do. <laughs> that might be. Fun. Yeah, kitchen kitchen failures and how to recover. <laughs> yeah, I think that would be a fun one next time. Uh, next time, yes. So good. Well, do you have any more great tips for parents with teaching kids to cook? Uh, I think teaching them to wash up as oh, um, yes, they go that's important. is also really good. Um, yes. I do have a bit of dishwasher blindness going on in my house at times. Same. Um, <laughs> it's very frustrating. So I actually think I could have done better at um, at teaching my kids to, to clean, certainly to clean as they go, as they cook, but also to do the washing up until it's actually all done. And the counter uh, is wiped. That's my pet peeve. It's like, yeah. guys, this counter is covered in water. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I want to walk back in and not know that any any any, oh, yeah. any eating happened here. I want it yeah. to, yeah. So I don't know. I guess obviously with little kids that's that's tricky, but, sure, you know, there's lots that kids start. can do. Yeah. yeah. They, they won't do it. And that's another thing I think you've got to um, not have too high an expectation with young children in the kitchen. They're going to make a mess. It's going to take you three times as long. But in the end, it will be worth it when they're teenagers. <laughs> oh, um, <laughs> Don't worry, my dog's barking um, yeah, sit through my dog. podcasts all the time. <laughs> uh, it's all good. So we've both got a dog called Peppy and my Peppy is <laughs> announcing to me that one of my kids arriving home oh well i should let you go so you can welcome home your child um i'll get her in the kitchen i'll get her cooking something do that send us a photo (laughs) Uh, we really look forward to um hanging out in brisbane so if any of you can come we'd love to see you and all the details will be on the show notes so just roll down and have a look there thank you so much danny thanks for having me joe i'll see you in a couple of weeks okay have a great weekend bye bye This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.